Welcome to The Thrive Perspective. This show is dedicated to survivors of child sexual abuse, sexual assault, and domestic violence. Let me ask you something. Are you just surviving in your life? Are you ready to thrive in your life? Well, yes, I bet you are, and that's why you are tuning in today. Hi, I'm Rena Romano and a Sir Thriver of Incest and Sexual Assault. The Thrive Perspective is an innovative approach to help you stop living in the past so that you can get unstuck and get back to happy and start living an unstoppable life. So let's get started with today's program. Hello, Sir Thriver. I am Rena Romano and welcome to The Thrive Perspective. This is where we focus on how our experiences make us, not break us, because, hey, there is always an upside. My guest today is Rebecca Wash, and she is an engineer turned stay-at-home homeschooling mom, and she is passionate about challenging the social norms of raising children. She enjoys traveling, reading, and cooking, and whatever spare time she can carve out. She is also a Sir Thriver in Incest, and we're going to share a little bit of her story and all the positive things going on in her life. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay! Yay! I'm excited to have you here. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Okay, so I am too a Sir Thriver of Incest. And briefly, the word Sir Thriver, I had it trademarked because I'm not ashamed of my past, and you are not either. And that's why I wanted to keep the sir on the thriver. I love it. I love it. I think it's fabulous. Great. (laughs) I'm so glad you like it. I'm excited (laughs) to have you here because we've got some really cool things to talk about today that I want to share with my audience and yours, and we'll get into talking about your podcast too. Mm -hmm. But can you briefly just tell me what did happen to you? We don't need the dirty details, but you know, share what your experience was and why and when you decided to get help. Um, I am a survivor of incest by my mom's dad. And it happened when I was young, probably between the ages of six and nine, six and 10 in there. And my mom knew, you know, she grew up with this man. So she knew what he was capable of and really tried to protect me from it. But in the end, you know, he went out. And so There was, you know, not only my abuse, but the years of abuse from my mom that she was dealing with. So she had her own abuse and then compounded on that when she didn't find out until he was abusing me until, you know, at nine or 10, Mm -hmm. then there was that compounded abuse of watching her daughter go through this. And so she just really kind of fell apart. She just didn't know how to handle it. She never handled it. She never faced her her own abuse. And so she sought counseling probably about the time I was a freshman in high school, finally made that step to seek counseling. And after a few months of her being in counseling, she she started to drag me. (laughs) (laughs) She dragged you. (laughs) A little bit willingly, but um, once I kind of realized that it was hard, I kind of wanted to stop. But she was very encouraging and very helpful in knowing that, no, you, we have to do this. And so we did it kind of together. We each had our own counselors Mm. and everything, but we were there going through that process of healing together. 
And so that's really where things for me, like it wasn't my decision to turn it around, but I am always so thankful to my mom for making me go to counseling Mm. to take that step. You know, I'm so glad to hear that too, because unfortunately, a lot of victims and survivors don't have the support that you and I had. I was very fortunate that when I told my mother, even though I was in my 30s, she encouraged me to get counseling and, and she took his inheritance and helped pay for it. Thank goodness. And I know that other survivors don't have that support. How do you think that support helped you? I think it was huge. Really, without that counseling and without that support, I think I would still be stuck. I would be repeating those same cycles that she was trying not to repeat. I could see even before we went to counseling, she was trying to break these cycles. She was trying to break this abuse response that she grew up with. And she basically just tried not to do what her parents did. But that leaves it up for like all of this other stuff that you could do wrong, right? So growing up, it was very dysfunctional. We did not have a very good relationship, even with my mom and I. And then Mm -hmm. when all of this happened, it just, it really just fell apart. And so having us go through this together and her believe me and us go through these steps to heal and to learn how to be mother and daughter and have her relearn how to be you know, a wife and a mom was really key to be able to function. Now, even me being an adult, a functioning adult, I really relate to going through that process together. I gotcha. Yeah. In my TEDx talk, healing from sexual abuse can start with one word. I do talk about when I was in group, a lot of women don't have the support that we have and it's unfortunate, but I don't want to discourage those if they tell their family and they don't receive the support that we have, that they can still heal. I'd like for you to talk about that a little bit. Uh, Yeah. You know, counseling and how it did help you heal and and how it's helped you move into this next phase. Yeah. So I did the single counseling and group counseling. And I think both of those really helped me kind of just see a world bigger than what I was trapped in. And so I felt kind of like, you know, just trapped in this world that I knew and it was scary to heal. It was scary to kind of go beyond it. But the, the group time therapy sessions were so helpful to be able to kind of think beyond myself. I was very selfish, you know, and it just kind of saw, put a light as to what other people are going through too. It's not just yourself. So there's a lot of support that happens through that group time and through that process of healing, you learn how to, how to accept change. Like I mm. love change now. I hated it when I was before. You know, I yeah. felt so out of control, right? Right. But through therapy and everything, it still can be super scary. But if I don't have something change or something kind of, you know, fresh and new and okay, let's change this up then I literally like, I need a change. (laughs) So it allowed me to just kind of try things and change and just kind of get out of my shell. So um, it just allowed that world to open up. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. I think if we don't have change, we get stagnant. We're not, and we're not challenging ourselves to grow. And that's what this, this 
podcast is all about it is about growing and challenging and and um so would you say that um you were able to forgive have you been able to forgive you know that was the longest part <laughs> so <laughs> we went through counseling for like three years and then i went up to college and met my husband and not until really I started to, you know, I had kids and I realized like I hadn't, like this man has been dead for years mm. and I haven't spoken about it, but there was still just flashbacks and incidences that it was still haunt me. And right. even though I knew, knew how to move on, I realized that not forgiving him was what hold, is holding me back. And what really kind of, because forgiveness to people is like, I can't do it. But I realized I was sitting in Bible study with some of my new friends I had, and they explained to me that forgiveness isn't about the other person. Like if you think about this, it was like a chain and you're yeah. holding on to that chain to that abuser. To forgive them is to let go and say, I am done with this. I'm going to go live my best life. And it was not to say what you did was right by any means. It just Absolutely. says, I am done holding on to this chain. And all you have to do is let it go and walk on and say, I'm forgiving you and I am moving on. And that, like that was my key. That was your key. That's great. I love to hear that because I was in the same boat and I think many of us are. I was never going to forgive them. I had many perpetrators and I was not going to forgive and then I, it was like an epiphany that not forgiving was giving them a power that they no longer had. Right. It was keeping me stuck. And, right. you know, and, and forgiveness is to each and everybody's own unique um, when you're ready to or you're never ready to. That is entirely your choice. Some people, you know, don't want to, never will. That's their choice. For me, I like you, I had to let go of it. it. And I like the analogy of the chain. It was keeping me chained to them and to that ugliness and to what they did. And I wanted to grow and we can't grow if we're, we're bound down by chains. Exactly, yes. So I like yeah. that analogy, that was really good. <laughs> so good for you that, that you saw that forgiveness. Yeah, was. and it was, a, it was a daily thing too. Like it wasn't like, I forgive you and I move on and never thought about it again. It's like every day I would pick that chain back up and nope, mm -hmm. I, you know, need to remind myself. So whenever things would come back, I'd have to re-forgive, but now it's so rare. It rarely ever comes back up anymore. I've practiced it for so long with this abuse that it just is now. It's now natural. It's natural. Yeah. It's natural part of you. And that's what I want to share with others that, you know, this whole healing process and everything and because you and i can talk about our abuse kind of nonchalant like because we have been able to move past and i want other survivors to know that they will be able to do that too someday because i've had people come up to me and say um you seem so happy i want to be happy like you and i tell them it's it's a choice would you agree yeah absolutely it is a choice and it's one of the main things, like you had asked earlier, and it just popped into my head, one of the main things that really helped me with therapy that my therapist taught me 
is that it's not a secret. Stop oh. holding on to the secret. And I even carry that like through my children and my children are a little like, oh, I've got a secret. I'm like, no, you have a surprise. Oh, I like that. A surprise. <laughs> we don't have secrets because it got to the point because I held the secret mm. from my abuse for so many years. And we all do it as, as victims. You know, you, you have the secret and, and secrets are, are made to be ugly and dark and, and stuck. And then like, oh, it's a secret. Right. But once you start sharing it with people and you get brave enough to share it, you realize that you're not alone. That secret is like meant to keep you alone and isolated. And once you start sharing that secret, you realize that, you know, people are so supportive. People are there to help you and to guide you and to support you. And once you let that secret out and start practicing talking about it, it becomes to the point like now where we can talk about our abuse because it's not a secret. Right. And it shouldn't be. And it doesn't control us like it used to. So, Absolutely. You know, we're talking about forgiveness, um, Rebecca. I, I had to forgive myself, too. That was part of the equation. I think you'll agree with this because I made some bad choices after after the abuse. I was, you know, in that cycle of self-abuse, self-harm. And I had to learn to forgive myself, too, from, from some of the bad choices that I made. Um, because I didn't, I, t I had to take responsibility. I wasn't responsible for what they did to me as a child, but as an adult, we are now responsible. Right. And you're making some really um, wonderful things with your life and what you're doing. You have a podcast. Do you want to share what that podcast is all about? Yes. So, uh because of the way my mom's and my relationship struggled and then we healed throughout my high school years and became very close, I realized that as my daughter, now 16, and she's a junior in high school, like, I wanted to find a way to connect with her. I wanted to find a way to nourish our relationship so that we can continue on into adulthood and be just strong together. I really mm -hmm. feel that mother-daughter relationship is better than a best friend. She's she's not my best friend. I'm not her best friend. We're mother-daughter, which is better. And oh, so I like that. Yeah. And so we I approached her asking if she would be interested in doing a podcast together. And I was so excited that she said yes. I'm like, okay, so what are we gonna talk about? And she's like, let's just do mother-daughter stuff. Let's just I love it. nourish other people, encourage other mother-daughter relationships to, to thrive, to heal and to just do stuff and to connect. I love that. And bridge and, that and gap. The name of your podcast is Lemon and Curls, right? Yep. Lemons and Curls. Yeah. I like Nourishing it. moms and girls. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm doing my research on you. Um, I, you have a quote on there that I really like, and I want to share it with, with the audience. The more a daughter knows the details of her mother's life, the stronger the daughter. And I, that hit me so hard because, you know, when I shared my secret with my mom, she, she had no idea her son was abusing me for so many years. But then after I shared my secret, my mother started sharing her secrets. 
And we bonded in such a way that made us stronger. So I really like that. The more a daughter knows the details of her mother's life, the stronger the daughter. Because talk about that, if you would, Rebecca, because if we keep secrets, we're not being true to ourselves. No. Our secrets make up who we are, and we should not be ashamed of that, right? Would you agree? Absolutely. Like, I have learned to be a lot more transparent with my daughter. Mm. I really feel that, um, like, God gave me this just amazing daughter that she's a reflection of me. She's like, she shows me my good back at me. She shows me my bad back at me. And, (laughs) you know, I'm like, where'd you learn how to say that? That would be me. (laughs) But, you know, it's such an amazing reflection back to you, this human that God's blessed you with that, you know, I realized that to learn and grow and be transparent together Mm. is really key to a healthy relationship. So if I can share with her some of, you know, my fears and what I've gone through and some of the things that I'm thinking in my head about, you know, when we're doing our podcast, I'm always kind of bouncing ideas off of her, treating her like one of an equal in how we're doing this. Then my hope is that, that she does the same back for me and we can have that relationship where we can share with each other. I really feel that if I was not sharing and everything was the secret, why would she share? Exactly. Oh, I like that. Why would she share? And it's not that we have to give them every little detail because my mother didn't with me, but she, her secrets did come out and she was so embarrassed. And I, I talk a lot about it in my book, his puppet, no more, my memoir. And I go into a little bit more detail, but She didn't have to tell me the details, but it made me closer to her and see how vulnerable, but how strong she is too, that everything that she went through and she was still successful, she was still courageous. She was a very strong woman. And I think we attract what we are. And and if you want your daughter to be strong and vibrant and successful, you have to be that mirror, I think. Yes. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And my daughter's explained a couple times in different podcasts that we have done because we do it together. And she's talked about how there was a point in time when I went from mom to having a name and being just a human with mistakes and with right. flaws and with emotions. And so I really think that me opening up and sharing that, yeah, hey, I was abused by my grandfather. I'm not going to give you details because that's not something mm-hmm. that I need to, you know, share with the daughter. But knowing that that has happened to me, knowing that, you know, I do have problems with, you know, some some anxiety and depression and it's nothing to do with you, but you can talk to me about it. So having these open conversations with your children to just say, I'm human and I struggle and it's okay. And I'm, you know, here, grabbing my purse, I'm going off to therapy and (laughs) watching, you know, you take care of yourself too is, it's really, I want my daughter to be able to, like you said, be able to take care of her. Right. Having that reflection of knowing that it's okay is really, I think, healthy for the future of our daughters. 
That's wonderful. And I think she's going to grow up to be a very successful, healthy, strong, vibrant woman. That's good. You know, my mother, she was strong and I knew she had secrets. And when the secrets finally came out, like I said, we were able to bond. She didn't have to give me the details. I didn't share the dirty details of what happened to me in my book or uh, what happened to her uh, specifically. But like I share in my TEDx talk, I grew tired of being ashamed of crimes I did not commit. We we get so wrapped up in being ashamed of their crimes. And you talk about secrets. And I love what Brene Brown said. She said, secrets are lethal. Yes. They're deadly and they can be. And so, like you said, it's not that we have to give the dirty details, but find someone safe to tell. And that's what I share in, in my TEDx talk. If healing begins by telling we must make telling safe. Yes. And I, yeah. And so you're, you've got this podcast going on with your daughter now. So is that helping you to bond a little bit more too? And having that, having something to do and build together, how is that helping? You know what? It's helping because for a couple of different reasons. First of all, when we're in the podcast and we're chatting, I get to look into her brain. So she's so busy. She's a teenager. She's off doing everything. So we have to really kind of schedule that time to podcast and to chat. Right. And so we have that conversation and I can hear what she's thinking. She's not real chatty. Otherwise, like we spend time together, we do things, but it allows me to kind of hear what's going on with her. And then on the back end of having to kind of work together, you know, we're producing this podcast. We're doing interviews together. We're, you know, deciding what we have to do. There's my strengths and her strengths. And so we're kind of learning how to even, it's almost like a little mini business when you do something like this, right? So we're kind of learning how to work together. And so there's a whole different layer of cooperation that sometimes goes well. (laughs) It is not all lemonade every day. Some days we do have lemons. <laughs> that's life, right? It is life. Yep. Whether it's a podcast or not, that's life. Mm-hmm. That's how we turn that lemon, those lemons into lemonade. So great though, because you're teaching her responsibility. You said she's 16 right now. You know, you're teaching her schedule and responsibility and you can have those chats. So your lemon and curls, you just started that not too long ago, right? Yeah, we actually started it just before COVID hit. And oh, so, really? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, well, this is perfect All time. About time. time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so um, we have started it just right before COVID hit. And then um, it seems like everybody's starting podcasts. There's some really great ones out there. I've loved being a part of that community. We were releasing every other week. And then just this week, we started releasing every Monday. So Moving right along. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm trying to be more consistent, so I'm going to follow your lead. Um, (laughs) I'm not releasing on Mondays. I'm releasing on Tuesdays. In the beginning, I was just doing monologue, and I was giving 12 to 15 minutes of, you know, some motivation, inspiration. But then I thought, why not interview other survivors? Because I know that we all talk about our story, and, and we get stuck in that story. But like I said, I want to show them the flip side, what life is like and can be like 
after trauma, after abuse. We don't have to be ashamed of our story. And it's great that you can share that with your daughter because I think enlightening our children too will help them avoid uh, yeah. those types of abuses too and they can see what's going on. So I think that's a great way to protect our children. Even though I'm not a mother, I am an, I am an aunt <laughs> and uh, I have nieces and nephews that I'm very proud of. So what else is going on in your life, Rebecca? With the podcast, what else you got going on? You said you used to be an engineer. Yeah, so I stayed home mom now and homeschooling. And bravos, kudos to you because <laughs> I don't, I'm not a mother. I have to say that homeschooling and staying home and raising children is the toughest job in the whole wide world. Yeah, and I get paid very poorly. <laughs> 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 but in raising, like my, my, you know, people try to say, oh, it's, you know, you're raising children. That's all the pay you need. But, you know, there's some days when, you know, a $10 bill would really do me good. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> Just give me, give me a little bit. But, you know, at homeschooling is really not something I had planned. Neither was staying home. I graduated, like you said, as an engineer and had full plans to just continue working you know, God just kind of formed things. And I, like I said before, I really like change. And so sometimes it's still scary. And so when, you know, I was presented with this big change of not having a job when I was nine months pregnant, I'm like, okay, well, let's try this out. And I'd figure out how to be a stay at home mom. And then a few years later, we decided to explore homeschooling, which at the time homeschoolers were crazy. And I did right. not you know, for years, I like completely wrote it off. And, you know, homeschooling was a bad idea for anybody. And now look at me, I've homeschooled my kids for now 12 years. <laughs> wow. How many children do you have? I've got two. Elena is 16. And then my son, Luke is 14. Okay. So they're both in high school now. And it's, it's been a crazy ride. But homeschooling and being home with my kids, looking back has been really one of the best things that I've been able to do that I'm so thankful to be able to do. Not a lot of people can do it. And that's right. Well, a lot of people have had to do it these past couple of months. Yeah. And (laughs) and I'm trying to figure it out. (laughs) Trying to figure it out. And I think they're more appreciative of what what teachers go through now. So there's always an upside, you know, that people didn't understand the work involved with being a teacher, but you as a stay at home teacher, a mom, you do know what's involved. So like I said, um, I, I had a girlfriend who decided to stay at home after she had two children and homeschool. And I kind of gave her grief about that because I was a career woman, you know. And yes. I went and spent the day with her and they were both still toddlers. And I spent the day with her and I was exhausted. <laughs> running after these kids all day, feeding, changing diapers, cleaning up after them, feeding again and again and cleaning up the house. I'm like, I had to go home and take a nap. I don't yes. know how you <laughs> <laughs> And I had such, such great respect after seeing that. And that's why I say I think the hardest job on the planet is being a mother. And maybe that's why I chose not to. Because <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> It, it is a, it is a constant job. That is for right. sure. Yes. Well, what would you like to share with the audience? How, how do you, you know, after counseling, 
what do you do to stay positive and, and keep you going on a positive route and to keep upbeat and keep your podcast going? What, what kind of things do you practice to keep you positive? Well, when I need to, I remember and remind myself that it's okay to seek help, to go and talk to a counselor and to kind of get regrounded. I've had to do that a few times over the years where when things start to get tough to just, you know, realize, okay, everything is okay. So that was probably my main thing is to be okay with counseling, no matter how far you are in the process, how old you are, even if you are survivor or not, it's such a great way to keep positive, to kind of reground yourself. Yeah. So I think that's probably my number one. Um, good. good point. I've had to do that myself because people think that once you've gone through counseling, you're cured or you're, you're fixed. But I, I want to remind uh, survivors that a lot of people continue with continuing education and continuing positivity. That's why there's, uh, you know, Oprah, Tony, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, a lot of people, they keep continuing education and I've had to go back to counseling a couple of different times and I've tried other things like hypnosis and tapping. I don't know if you've heard of tapping. I have. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's, it's okay. If we feel like we're slipping back into victimhood, acknowledge that, notice it and, and do whatever we need to do to right. get help, get, get yep. help, get healed and get happy is what I like to say. Yeah, those are great. So but yeah. What else? what else can you share with us? Probably just, I know you hear this over and over again, but finding a way to spend time on yourself mm. in some way. And as a stay at home mom and homeschooler and those parents that are finding themselves home with their kids, whether they want to or not, if they're forced into it, you start to lose yourself. You really do. If you've got young kids or older kids, there's always a demand on you. And Helping and supporting my kids really fulfills me. I love being a part of their lives, but there comes a point in time where I start to not be the good, happy mom. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and like my kids have learned over the years to just let mom be for an afternoon. Like I'm going to go, you know, even if I go lay on my bed and watch my own show, you know, by myself or something. That's okay. That is okay. You know, like designate some time, you know, cook your favorite meal for dinner for once or, you know, if you can just try to carve out some time, especially just when you feel like you really need it to give yourself permission to do so. Oh, I yeah. give yourself permission to do so because when, when we're always giving and giving our, our cup becomes empty and we have yes. to do those things to fill our cup back up or there's nothing left to give. That's why I like to say that self-care is not selfish and it's we not. deserve it. But, but because of our abuse and, and our past, we feel unworthy of doing that for ourselves. And, and that's what I yes. want to remind survivors. We are worthy of self-care and we deserve it now. Yeah. Yep. And to take care of yourself. And I notice it personally when, you know, I start to get really at war with more my son. He and I are very similar in personality. And so he and I clash more. So when mm -hmm. I'm having a really hard time with him, I'm realizing, okay, I think it's probably not as much him as I would like to believe. <laughs> I need to step away. And so that's been 
you know, kind of my telltale sign. So when you need it, it's not selfish to do it at all. Not I, selfish uh, at all. When I, when my kids were younger, I had a high schooler that was young. She was maybe a freshman. Maybe she was in, in middle school, but she would come over and play with the kids. I was still there. But I would go up to my bedroom and rest for a little bit, or I would go and do some, you know, house cleaning or just something. But it allowed me to have some time. You need a break. I've heard I've heard mothers say, I need some adult time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Please. (laughs) Yep. A friend and a glass of wine. I mean, it can solve (laughs) the world's problems right there. Exactly. Well, I've had so much fun talking with you and I'm so happy for you that you and your daughter have this podcast called Lemons and Curls and and you're sharing things. What would you like uh, other mothers and daughters to know about your podcast and where can they go find more information about you? Yeah. So if you search Lemons and Curls, we're on all the main podcasting apps on Apple Podcasts and everything. We have a website and just lemonsandcurls.com. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. So you guys can come find us out there. So we do try to, you know, keep things updated and post regularly. We're going to have some new stuff coming out soon, which we are very excited about. (laughs) You might think about interviewing once in a while, another mother daughter duo and how they do stuff. Yeah. We've got got a couple of those lined up right now. So we do. Yeah. So We're always looking for those, those stories from between mothers and daughters together. We need to, and I, and I applaud you on that because mothers and daughters, we need to heal the mother daughter heart and help each other grow. Share your experiences on how you're helping with your relationship. I really enjoyed having you here today, Rebecca. Thanks for being here. This has been wonderful. This has been so fun. Thank you for inviting me on. Right. And share the positivity. So, you know, I have a favorite quote that I like to say that I pinned and it says, fear will uh, challenge you, but regret will haunt you. I want people to, fear is going to stop you. It's going to challenge you, but go do it. Go have fun. Don't, don't have any regrets. Right. And and get counseling if you need counseling, do whatever it is for you to get help, get healed and get happy. Do you have a favorite quote that you can think of that you could share? You know what? Probably the one that's on my website that you have written down that we talked about earlier. Oh, my favorite one right now. The more a daughter knows the details of her mother's life, the stronger the daughter. I love that. That just hit me because I, I just thought that was brilliant. And I think that was great. The stronger the daughter. And we need to grow strong women. Yes, we do. Amen to that. (laughs) Yes, because of that, we need more women leaders and um, employers in this world. So thank you, Rebecca, so much for being here. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I had fun. Maybe we can have you back again sometime. Let me know when. This has been so fun. I would love to do it. All right, super. So, Sir Thrivers, thank you for tuning in today. And until next time, I wish you peace, love, and ciao for now.